Hello everyone, I am Giulio Prisco and this is the Turing Church podcast. A couple of weeks ago I had a long uh, conversation with uh, Comitan, the founder of a philosophical and religious movement called Astronism, on uh, eschatology, the ultimate destiny of the universe, the ultimate destiny of humanity and uh, what happens to us after death. We compared different uh, conceptions of these things, including uh, cosmology, eschatology and afterlife. And uh, I received from uh, Comitan permission to share the conversation here on the Turing Church podcast. The video of of the conversation is uh, on the Astronism YouTube channel. Uh, this is the first part of the conversation because uh, it is more focused on my own ideas. After this chat, we had another chat more focused on uh, committance on uh, very interesting ideas. So here you go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this brand new episode of A Conversation with Comi Tan. We're now on season three, uh, episode nine. Uh, so we're getting through this season quite quickly now. <laughs> uh, I think I only started filming maybe about a month or so ago. So uh, we're getting through quite a few episodes. I've got a lot of interesting uh, topics to discuss, uh, especially in today's episode, because we've got a recurring guest, uh, Julio Prisco, who I've Uh, had multiple conversations with over the last couple of years now and um, it's just good to I think check in every so often and um, you know you don't need to talk every week but it's good to um, keep the ideas flowing and keep up to date with what people are thinking about and you know that's important you know so um, thanks Julio I'll let you (laughs) say a few words and then we can get started on the topic today, uh, which is cosmic eschatology. Uh, and I want to look at also um, this idea of sort of resurrection and, and uh, the cosmic resurrection, which is sometimes how I phrase it, uh, which are, you know, uh, you could say maybe one of the doctrines, maybe, maybe that word isn't the right word, but one of the doctrines of cosmism. So um, that's the main topic for today. But before we get into that, how are you and and, and um, Julio and, and what have you been kind of thinking about recently in, since I last spoke? What's what's the main things been on your mind? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And first, uh, remind me when was the last time we spoke? I think about one uh, in 2020, I believe. No, it was early. No, because it was the Terrasem in July. Terrasem closed. Uh, yes, but that's what uh, that yes. was a workshop. I mean, the time before. Directly, last... I think it was. 
February, I think maybe, or or very early on in in this year, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Okay. So, so after uh, that conversation, what happened? I had written a book about space yes. flight, uh, titled "Futurist Space Flight Meditations." Is uh, basically a very short book about everything that is happening in space flight and everything that uh, will happen in both. Uh, the next few years, the next uh, few decades, the next uh, very many centuries, and um, all the future, uh, is not uh, apparently very much uh, related to the ideas of uh, cosmism and uh, cosmic eschatology that uh, we're going to discuss, but only apparently, because uh, to me, it is very much related. Why? Because uh, you know we have uh, a very bright cosmic future ahead. Just listen to the previous episode with me yeah. to hear more, or listen to, or listen to the rest of this one. But uh, all the little things that we are doing now, all the baby steps uh, that we are taking to expand humanity beyond. Uh, uh, the Earth and uh, to develop uh, all necessary enabling science and technology for that uh, are steps that we, I think, are uh, taking uh, directly in uh, preparation for this very bright cosmic future in which we will uh, fill the universe and uh, become like God and develop uh, uh, godlike capabilities, uh, uh, like uh, yes, like resurrecting the dead from the past. So I do see uh, every space launch as a kind of uh, a powerful ritual that remind us of all that is going to come. That's going to be a wonderful thing. Yes, and um, I I agree, and I think even just every, even the some of the smaller things, every event that we do, or every you know um, idea that is shared with with someone else, I think even down to that even smaller level um, is is even even more of a because I, I think that there is two kind of endeavors that are taking place. There's sort of the physical sort of uh, exploration of space which is what you've just referred to but then there's this also this other side that we're both involved with which is the sort of the trying to change people's mentalities and trying to um kind of ex explore space philosophically uh, and theologically and and um th there's two things going on here there's two kinds of exploration yes um, we could call them uh, perhaps the interpenetration of inner space and outer space. Yes, yes, and I'm—I mean, I'm more involved with the the intellectual side, um, but I, but the, the, these two things, of course, interact with one another. And um, for me, especially, uh, you know, exploration, space exploration, is dependent. It, my ideas are dependent on space exploration, the physical exploration coming true. Mm -hmm. So um, they are very much intertwined, but I just wanted to pick up on one thing uh, that, you've, that you've referred to so far, which was that we have a positive future in space, that things are, despite 
the way the world might be right now or you know sometimes I, I can feel a bit down about things I think overall it's nice to hear that that you say you know we do have a positive future it is positive it's not something to be to be negative about and and I, and I like that so just expand on what you mean by that positive future in space what do you mean by that well you know the fact that we all feel uh, a little bit down sometimes it's not anything new yeah i believe that it has been the human condition for as long as history goes i'm sure my grandfather felt very much down many times mm-hmm. and his grandfather and of course i do too yes. because uh, you know uh things change things wiggle and go some uh, some uh, day you hear something good, another day you hear something bad. And that, uh, I think, uh, is a very basic fundamental condition of life. It has never uh, changed and it will not change anytime soon. I don't believe in any kind of future utopian world where um, everything uh, will be perfect. Well, that, uh, that is just not going to happen yeah. anytime. But, uh, you know, if you think of history, if you make a comparison between our life and uh, the life of our grandfathers and the life of uh, their grandfathers before them, you realize that, yes, of course, you do have uh, a lot of problems, you do have uh, a lot of things that make you unhappy now and then. But uh, I believe you cannot refuse to acknowledge the fact that in very many practical respects, your life is much better than theirs. First, uh, you have enough to eat every day. And that sounds like um, something very evident and very normal to us, but we know that for our ancestors, it will will just not like that. food for uh, nearly everyone in the Western world. Well, we still have uh, some regions of the world to take care of. We have uh, medicines, we have um, science, we have entertainment, we have Netflix, we have, uh, uh, we still have the beautiful nature of the planet. We're, uh, we have been to the moon and we'll go back to the moon sometime soon. uh, Our life is not that bad compared to what it used to be for previous generations. And I see that as uh, a constant trajectory of history so far. You know, with a little change, a little wiggles, but it has become better and better. I don't see any reason to think that it will stop. Well, it could stop. Uh, an asteroid could hit the Earth anytime. Yeah. Uh, after this pandemic, we could have uh, another pandemic much worse. Uh, bad things can always happen. Yeah. And there is always the risk of uh, bad things happening. But uh, based on our experience of history so far, I find it more uh, sensible to believe that things will keep improving and getting better and better. 
of course, with some uh, roadblocks and some uh, setbacks, but I do think that things will get better uh, overall. And the process will uh, continue for a very, very long time. Uh, sooner or later, we will uh, leave the Earth. We will establish the solar system-wide civilization. We will go to the stars. I do think that we will go to the stars. We will uh, develop uh, science that, uh, from our perspective today, could only be called uh, magic, as per uh, Arthur uh, C. Clarke's third law. We'll do all these things. We'll uh, go live in the most remote regions of the universe. And yes, I think eventually we will resurrect the dead through tomorrow's magic-like science and technology. And we will realize all the things that religions have been uh, promising. Mm. People in ways that I think I have uh, have made people happier overall. Would you say that there's a few things I want to pick up on that? Um, just quickly on on one of those points, would you say then that your belief in um, us achieving a godlike status and being able to you know resurrect and and from the dead is that a religious belief for you how would you categorize how are you categorizing that is that a scientific belief is that a philosophical how are we categorizing that in terms of like the different types of belief systems for you for yourself uh, you know to me is more like uh, the kind of belief that you have before playing, seeing a, a sport match, a tennis match, or even better, a football match, okay. because that's a team sport, is the belief that your team will eventually win. Okay. Uh, but of course, you have to work on that. The thing is that uh, your belief is that your team can, will, and you are going to do your damn best to ensure this outcome. Yeah. Uh, winning is uh, possible and uh, you're going to win. That's the kind of belief. Now, I do think uh, scientifically that uh, universal resurrection belongs to the realm of the physically possible. Yeah. There is uh, nothing in... Uh, the science that we understand today that uh, tells us that uh, universal resurrection will be impossible. On the contrary, there are you know, many hints and many little things that we are beginning to see that make us think that eventually, one day in the far future, these things will be possible. Uh, based on this, I have this... Uh, uh, action-oriented belief. Uh, it will happen because we will make it happen. Yes. And this uh, perhaps uh, is the strongest uh, difference between these uh, philosophical or uh, metaphysical condition, uh, conviction and uh, 
traditional religious belief. Mm. I guess it's not going to happen because it's written in a book. It's not going to happen because of some supernatural agency. It is going to happen because we, you, I, and everyone else in uh, the team, and uh, the team is the whole planet of human beings. We will do our fucking best to make it happen and happen it will. That's the best uh, characterization of my belief. Yeah, and that actually touches on uh, one of uh, the things I wanted to pick up from what you said earlier. Um, because when you were talking about earlier that you don't believe in kind of like a utopian sort of existence sometime in the future, uh, that made me think about my own belief in... So I, I believe in that the outer space, exploring outer space will bring about our salvation uh, for, to use a Christian or, you know, Abrahamic kind of term and concept. And I call that transcension, um, which has become kind of like a central dogma, really, within astronism now. It's kind of like a central doctrine that we kind of hold to. Um, and one of the things I do say when I'm speaking about it is that people, as, as part of this endeavor, as part of this going up to the stars, achieving new heights, whether that be physical, intellectual, metaphysical, um, it will cause death, it will cause distress, it will cause destruction, possibly, it will cause um all types of kinds of um bad things you could say um because any type of endeavor that is multifaceted um across years and hundreds of centuries you know centuries of years um is 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 inevitably going to cause that so i i just what i think sometimes is interesting to to speak about is the idea that space exploration, yeah, it's it's dangerous and it, it, it is going to cause human suffering. Uh, a lot of the religions, particularly um, Buddhism and um, maybe Jainism to some to some degree, have kind of wanted to reduce suffering, haven't they? They've wanted to do things and, and to to present a philosophy that will reduce suffering as much as possible to get rid of suffering in the world um that's something i think that we as space philosophers as people interested in space need to kind of acknowledge that what we are the reality of what we're actually talking about is actually very dangerous and that there will be lives lost there will be human suffering but it will all be worth it because of the the promises that it get, that it has and and again this this touches on again this idea of that i was thinking about this idea of that the promises that space has the promises that we're making when we when we're talking about um you know going to other planets and having like a civilization in solar system in the galaxy and things like this these are tinged these are involved these involve promises don't they that the whether they you know are serious or not they, they do involve kind of promises to people so i just wanted to know if you if you'd considered that you probably have before but but what are your thoughts on this idea that that what we're presenting as the future of humanity 
is going to cause suffering, or, or, you know, is going to cause death, is going to cause, um, you know, human distress. Have you thought about that before or and what's your thoughts on that? Oh, sure. But, you know, let me stay on uh, very working class-like common sense for the time being. Mm. If you go out in the street, if you leave home and go out in uh, uh, the street, that is a risk. Something might happen. Uh, you might die in a car crash. You might die because someone shoots you in the street. But this uh, is no reason to stay at home all the time and uh, uh, ne uh, never go out. Yeah. And if you do, something would happen at home anyway. Or at least uh, you will die of starvation for lack of food. You have to go out and buy food and that's it. There is no way out on this dilemma. Now, I do very much believe in the possibility of reducing suffering as much as possible. But I don't think the concept of uh, entirely eliminating suffering makes sense. Okay. You know, to be alive is to be exposed to the risk of uh, suffering. It has always been like that. And again, uh, since it has always been like that, I don't see any reason that to think that uh, it could uh, change soon. And of course, uh, in uh, the future that uh, we are uh, promising people in space, uh, there's going to be suffering and there's going to be death. For example, uh, assume that you have watched uh, The Expanse. Yeah which I think is a very good, is a surprisingly good science fiction show. I use uh, the expanse scenario to illustrate uh, some features of an interplanetary civilization in my last book. Mm. You know, in the expanse, there are things like uh, rogue uh, uh, terrorist factions that uh, send uh, asteroids to hit the earth and uh, kill uh, billions of people and you see some scenes in the show and you don't get uh, you don't get more suffering than that yeah that's um, you know one thing that uh, we will that that uh, we will have to live with yeah. but uh, you know, if you think of other features of the scenario, then you think that, well, okay, okay, it's not going to be a utopia, it's not going to be a perfect world. Uh, people are still going to suffer, yeah. people are still going to die, but whoa, it is a very interesting future. So I don't believe that we will ever entirely eliminate, uh, eliminate suffering, but I do think that uh, things will get uh, more and more interesting. And, uh, you know, to me, that uh, is an important thing, to live an interesting life. It doesn't have to be uh, a risk-free life, but it has to be an interesting life. If I have to choose between living without risk and living without anything interesting ever happened to me, 
you know, uh, I would choose risk. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing is that uh, then I'm again making the same point that I was making a few minutes ago, that, uh, you know, to do something uh, is exposing yourself to a risk and the possibility that something will go wrong and you will have to suffer. But this does not mean that if you do a nothing, you will be risk-free. If you do a nothing, you will have uh, uh, many other uh, risks, including uh, the risk of uh, boredom, which yeah. I think uh, is a very bad one. And yeah. an analogy that um, I make a lot in my last book is with uh, the COVID-19 lockdown situation. When I see that uh, some uh, between brackets uh, intellectuals want to relinquish space exploration until we have solved all the problems on this planet. To me, that doesn't make much sense. And I see it equivalent to a very long lockdown in a retirement home. Where, you know, everyone tries to be happy and uh, avoid as many risks as possible, but you know, uh, we have seen what really happened to people a lot in uh, retirement homes, and we don't want that to happen to us. So I'm very much uh, against all these ideas to uh, abandon or relinquish or uh, slow down space flight and uh, technological uh, progress in general. On the contrary, I think we should accelerate. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think that this idea of these, and I've been thinking about this for a while, actually, the, the promises of outer space exploration. There's a lot of different voices in this area, I think. Um, some of them more, th these promises that I'm talking about, some of them are more religious in nature, more spiritual, some of them are more practical um more you could say financial you know for some um billionaires who want to go out there and you know mine and things like this so there's those types of promises but then bringing it on to the main sort of topic that i wanted to to, to cover today was um this idea of becoming a godlike humanity becoming a godlike um entity godlike species and then for example, uh, achieving abilities to resurrect or any other type of um, sort of higher abilities. Um, that's a promise, isn't it? That's a promise that is being made um, by whoever is um, espousing that, that belief. So what um, I, I suppose the, the question I have is, what is the... What is the validity of that? If we if we can just try to explain for people who, who maybe haven't come across, you know, that type of idea before, what is the validity that that we could could even do that? Could even um, resurrect people, or 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 maybe why? Why would we want to do that? Because it's it might seem. <laughs> I, I've thought about this. It might seem. Um, What's the word? Um, it might seem ob obvious that we will want to resurrect people, but is it is it that off? Is it that obvious? 
I think as an astrologist, I think this is where my beliefs kind of diverge from cosmist maybe uh, in this regard. I, I, I don't really see that as being the ultimate goal, this idea of resurrection. Um, I don't know what... what you know, uh, yeah. I think it is kind of obvious because if you ask me, if I want to be resurrected sometimes in the future, as soon as it is uh, physically possible, I would say yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm just one person, so perhaps uh, I have a very weird mentality. But no, I don't think so, because uh, if you look at uh, the history of the religions that uh, promise some kind of resurrection, and yeah. those religions include uh, Christianity and Judaism, of course, Islam, uh, many tradition in Hinduism, and even many tradition in uh, Buddhism, without mentioning all the several uh, uh, indigenous religions all over the world. These religions do promise resurrection, and they have uh, uh, won the faith of billions of people. And this simple historical fact uh, seems to tell me that uh, the idea of resurrection is something that people want. Uh, now, without making it uh, too cosmic and too eschatological, uh, you know, thing, uh, yeah, so the far future of the universe is uh, certainly going to be an interesting place, but perhaps that's not even the main reason why people would wish to be resurrected. The main reason is uh, seeing again their loved ones who have departed. Uh, you know, when you love someone and uh, that person dies, uh, in uh, many cases, you are so paralyzed by grief that uh, life doesn't seem worth living anymore. That's the case of many people. I say this is the case of the majority of people. This is certainly my own case. And if I didn't have this uh, very deep uh, conviction that uh, a death is not the end, mm, honestly, I don't uh, really see why I should uh, continue to live. I think I would uh, find a way to log off and uh, just stop thinking about it. So yes, I think this is something that people want. And this is the, of course, this is uh, the reason why we should do it. Okay. Because it's something that will make people happy. Uh, even uh, believing in this possibility is something that has the potential to make people happy. And to me, this is very important. Yeah, and, uh, and to some degree, I do um, acknowledge that. I do acknowledge that, you know, for thousands of years, people have believed in um, resurrections and have desired for, to see their loved ones, to see their loved ones again. Um, I think my 
and 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 I do I do acknowledge that that could be a promise. It could be a a, a significant um, reason as well why to go into outer space and and to explore the stars. I do I do agree with that. Uh, but I also agree, I also think that I mean my ultimate my if we want to get to what is the ultimate um, I, I I I agree with you that it is something that's important but whether it's something that is ultimate I don't I don't agree with that but I'm not saying you're saying that but I'm just <laughs> just thinking in my own mind here um, I think that my ultimate um, goal, my ultimate, um, the ultimate thing that I would like for humanity is to actually escape this cosmic reality, to escape this limited existence here, um, this limited existence even in the universe, this, this, because um, I, I believe that the, that the cosmos is limited. I believe that there is a boundary to it and that whatever exists beyond that is infinite uh, and that we are in this kind of bubble uh, that is um, fundamentally going to, it's began and it will end and that we won't come back again. Um, and that, and that, so I, I don't really believe in like reincarnation, for example, um, and, and that sort of cyclical um, understanding of time. I'm more kind of a linear kind of person uh, in my in my thinking. So I think for me, the ultimate goal is to try to escape. It's, it's what I call transcosmization, which is a long word, but it but it basically just is escaping the cosmic boundary. So. The universe is expanding. I want to know what's beyond that universe. I, I want to know what's beyond that expansion. Um, and I want to get, I want, hopefully one day, I want to see humanity get beyond that. Um, now, definitely resurrection could be, you know, a a means of doing that, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you no, might I, must, uh, I most certainly don't disagree with you on this mm. point. Um, perhaps a difference in the terminology that uh, we use is that when I say the universe, I mean all that exists. Right, okay. Which uh, uh, I guess is much, much infinitely, much more yeah. than uh, what we can uh, see at this moment with our senses and with more refined uh, scientific instruments. I guess uh, Shakespeare said it uh, best. There are more things in heaven and earth. We don't know anything yet. And we don't really know what is out there. Yet maybe we are uh, in a bubble universe in uh, the sense of uh, inflationary cosmology or in some other sense that's uh, quite very much of a possibility. As a matter of fact, I mean, I think uh, uh, most cosmologists are uh, persuaded that we do live in an inflationary multiverse and our world is a very small bubble in a very big uh, ocean. There are uh, other uh, concepts of uh, multiverse, of course. One is uh, the quantum multiverse mm -hmm. another could be the 
multiverse of string theory, where our universe could be a four-dimensional uh, uh, brain uh, embedded in a higher dimensional space. And uh, I don't know what is out there, but I do think that there is much, 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 much more than yes. what we can currently see or even imagine. Uh, you know, whatever that is, I would call also that universe. The universe can be the multiverse of inflationary cosmology, of data string theory, of the quantum one. I mean, all is part of the same reality that we are beginning to explore and understand a little. So, it, uh, uh, yes, uh, I think one of the ultimate uh, goals of uh, our civilization and let's not forget other civilizations in the universe, is to transcend whatever uh, limit there uh, might be yes. in our conception of reality and expand. So basically is again the same uh, concept of uh, space expansion in a larger scale. Now we move beyond the earth and go to beyond the planets, then we'll go to the stars, then maybe we'll find out that uh, our uh, universe is a pocket universe in yeah. a space with um, many more dimensions that fall. And then we will find a way to go out there and find <laughs> what it is and all that. You know, uh, yeah. It but is that... basically all the same thing. Now, when it uh, comes to uh, the ultimate significance of our life and the things that we are doing. Yes. They, uh, I believe this is the point um, that uh, you want to make. Why are we here for? Mm, yes. uh, you know, there is uh, this uh, very good book written by Stephen Wolf. I think you met him yes. at one of the TerraSign events. Have you interviewed him? I have, yes. Yeah, I hope right. to do it yeah right and so um this uh, is uh, a very small book but is very clear in uh, answering your questions the idea is that you know what we're doing we want to expand you want to move outward this uh, is something that we do because we are encouraged by very powerful forces and uh, principles that are implicit in how reality works. The evolution from uh, uh, matter to life, the evolution from life to mind, the evolution from simple minds to complex minds and to inconceivably complex minds is something that is happening. It's happening on this uh, planet and it must have happened on countless other uh, planets is happening because it is foreseen by the very laws of fundamental nature that we are beginning to understand. These are laws that uh, favor uh, life over matter, favor uh, more complexity over less complexity and all that. And we are basically doing what we can, what we must to help the universe become alive. Yes. And thinking 
in a way, or if you want to use a religious terminology. We are doing the little things that we are doing to help uh, not only to become godlike ourselves, but to help the universe to become godlike in an even higher sense. Yes. Uh, and uh, here again, of uh, space enthusiasts who are saying the same thing, I could mention Frank White. Yeah. That is uh, the overview effect, and uh, his other book, uh, The Cosma Hypothesis, is talking of exactly that. We are thinking instruments of the universe in its quest to become alive, super conscious, and godlike. Now, um, this seems to require at least having uh, as much information over reality as possible, including as much information as possible on whatever happened in the past. And I think uh, you and uh, I and everyone are also part of the information that the universe needs to know and remember. That's why the idea of uh, universal resurrection goes hand in hand with uh, these uh, eschatological ideas that we are discussing, because it is a way to maximize the information available to whatever the universe will become. In a way, it's, I mean, there's so much I want to pick up on there. I probably won't remember it all. But just to pick up on that last thing you said. So um, is it ultimately then, is, is, is the ultimate goal really to cheat death then? Is that really what we're, is that really the ultimate goal? That, that this kind of unstoppable force, is that death, that unstoppable force, one of the unstoppable forces that, that we are faced with, one of the, the things that religion has tried to get around and, and overcome is this is the same kind of vein of idea is that would that be fair to say the single idea well if uh, something is unstoppable then you cannot do anything to stop it by definition but you know uh, that would um, seem to apply to the death of a person, to the heat death uh, of the universe as well, to the death of a civilization, all that. But, uh, you know, I don't think that uh, it's, it is unstoppable in this sense, that there is nothing that can be done. It's very difficult to stop, of course it is. Okay. But um, I believe our uh, descendants will be able to deal with that. And uh, if they don't, for example, because the Earth is hit, hit by an asteroid next week, then there are countless of billions of other civilizations in the universe that have uh, yes. tried to do the same. And, you know, a big number, some of them are bound uh, to succeed. Mm -hmm. And it all comes down to, 
it all comes down to the concept of memory, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, memory is uh, fundamental to cognition, it is uh, fundamental to intelligence. And uh, all the memories of the past, all the information that has existed in the past, the possibility to remember that information, I think, is fundamental to whatever the universe will become. And here again, I think uh, the universe wants us or someone else to achieve mm. universal resurrection because that is a way to maximize yeah. the available uh, information at some future time. Is and I I, I, I want to go back to just something you said earlier, which which is something I've thought about for quite a long time, which is this idea of kind of like the um, the carrot and the stick idea, where you know humanity and and also the idea of escaping as well, you know, escaping this reality, the terrestrial reality of the Earth by going into uh, the solar system, escaping the realities of the solar system by going into the galaxy, moving out into the galaxy and this kind of like opening out of like boxes, getting out, you know, you, you're sort of in a box, jumping into another box, right? jumping into another one. So is, could you say that the promises that, that I'm making or that you're making or that any other philosopher of space is making about space are these false promises if the you know if if it's sort of like <laughs> well we'll we'll get to the cosmic resurrection once we've got to such and such a galaxy or do, do you know i think some skeptical people maybe in the future may think well how far do we have to go how far do we have to escape ourselves, you know, from Earth? How far do we have to, to go to get to this? Uh, what I, I call it transcension. Other people might call it something else. So I, I've kind of thinking about that as well. And I don't want to be a person who's, I don't want to be known as someone who's giving false promises. Do you know what I mean? But at, at the same time, the, the endeavour that is in front of us is a multi-faceted, multi-layered endeavor that does look like, like a carrot and the stick idea where humanity gets to the edge of the solar system. Then we say, well, you need to go to the edge of the galaxy now. So it, what is the, <laughs> it, it's, it kind of looks bad on people like us from people who are skeptical about space, doesn't it? Do you not think? Or <laughs> well, um, I have two different answers that come to my mind. Let's uh, the first okay. one. Yes, uh, we escape from a box to find ourselves in another box. Then we escape from this other box to find ourselves in yet another box, and so on. Um, you know, of course, there could be a limited number of boxes. Of course. Mm -hmm. But I don't think so. What I do think is that the sequence of boxes from which you escape just to find yourself in a bigger box, yeah. that could go on forever. And there is nothing wrong with that. You know, there is this uh, British uh, philosopher 
who was writing at the beginning of the 20th century called uh, Samuel, Samuel Alexander. He wrote a book called Space, Time and Dating, who had uh, this uh, concept of, uh, you know, beings within beings, uh, within more complex beings and within more complex beings without end. Yeah. He built a whole uh, cosmology based on that. Mm, well, uh, I think something like that is uh, very much how the universe works. Mm, we will uh, expand and uh, we'll find something more. Then we will expand beyond that and find something more. Now, uh, some specific thing that you can uh, imagine and describe, like uh, resurrection, uh, doesn't have necessarily to happen only at the end of this uh, infinite uh, progression. It can happen uh, much before, and then it can re-happen again in a more, uh, in an expanded version, and then in an expanded version, and so on. Uh, so that, you know, if uh, this uh, sketch of a cosmology makes uh, any sense, then uh, sometime in the far future, you could be resurrected to become something more. Yeah. A new, bigger you. But then again, that new bigger you could uh, have uh, his own uh, death-like end, and then yet again could be resurrected again as a bigger, bigger you, and so on without end. Mm. Now there is uh, this uh, book by Eric Steinhardt called "Your Computational." afterlives, which has exactly this uh, concept of uh, multiple resurrection in bigger and bigger and bigger uh, scapes. And, and then again, yes, it is, uh, I don't know enough to say that this is what will happen, but I think this is uh, something like some description necessarily very imprecise that uh, we can uh, give now of what will actually happen. Did, did that make any sense? Yeah, it I'm did. Just, I'm just yeah. thinking a lot. No, yeah, and that's great. And that, I love doing that because it's it, it, these ideas need to be addressed and explored. So, yeah, I've just thought of another one as well because I thought... Right. Uh, so, let hold on. Uh, hold on one moment because you know where uh, I was still getting to the second answer that came to my mind. Which yeah. is when you say, well, okay, when this thing is going to happen, we go to the edge of the solar system and then what? We yeah. feel all the galaxy and then what? When will this universal resurrection happen? Well, I do think that uh, some initial elementary form of uh, resurrection could happen very soon, as soon as we master some of the required uh, technologies, for example. 
um, you know, there has been this uh, TerraSame event, uh, uh, actually a few days ago, too bad that you couldn't come, but uh, the video is online to watch. Uh, that was about, you know, all the things that are being done in the neuroscience labs to move toward the possibility of mind uploading, you know, uh, transferring your entire self to a computational substrate, which is uh, different from a biological brain and perhaps uh, much more uh, robust and much more uh, able to withstand extreme conditions. Now, I do think the simplest form of technological resurrection is a combination of the idea of mind uploading and the idea of uh, time scanning, mm. whereby time scanning, I mean acquiring information from the past in high definition, which is essentially what archaeologists do. And that's why these things are often referred to as quantum archaeology. But of course, I'm talking of really high definition information. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a very good science fictional example, which is the novel The Light of Other Days by Arthur C. Clarke and Stephen Baxter. Mm -hmm. uh, or, uh, you know, there are all these ideas now that um, uh, quantum entangled uh, systems are uh, really connected by one whole like structure, able to access information from other regions of space and time. And uh, basically, that uh, every pixel of uh, space time is connected to every other pixel of space time through channels that. Uh, future technology will be able to access. And so if you put uh, together the possibility to acquire yes. very detailed information from uh, my own brain like, uh, right here and now, and the possibility to upload this information to a new brain, uh, which could be a robotic brain running on a quantum computer or whatever you like. And now, lo and behold, you do have technological resurrection. And this simple form of technological resurrection could be achieved on a cosmic scale relatively soon. Uh, what does that mean? Not next week or next year, but perhaps in a few thousands of years, we, we will be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, so we will find ourselves alive again in a very interesting universe which will not be a utopia because we will have our own problems and we will have uh, our own uh, reasons for unhappiness and uh, those will be reasons that uh, perhaps we could not even imagine now mm -hmm. and perhaps we will have our own equivalent of death but then again there will be very other much more sophisticated forms of technological resurrection able to do something against that and then again and again in a process without end yes that again is a very poetical description not very precise but i think not entirely unrelated to how things work in reality yes and and i think um 
it's quite interesting to think. I just thought um, we could be doing this. We could be having the same conversations in a million years' time if we're both resurrected and <laughs> trying to solve the problems then in, in a million years. That just a different that, version, yeah. a different version of this conversation. We yes. would not be able to even understand what our future counterparts are saying or thinking. But yes, <laughs> and I think a, a very different version of essentially the same conversation. But uh, people did already have different versions of this conversation thousands of years ago. Uh, they wouldn't be able to understand what we are saying, but no. they were discussing essentially the same things in their own language. Yeah, and, and that's what fascinates me about this subject when we're talking about that, because that progression as well, I think, is, is, is fantastic. Um, but... I think just to take things even more kind of philosophical, um, my belief is that outer space and exploring the stars, becoming one with the stars, um, will get us closer in whatever that means closer to who we are. Um, which is a very philosophical, maybe people wouldn't like that kind of phrase, you know, get us closer to who we are. Because um, that's what I was thinking about when, when we were saying moving from box to box. Well, maybe when we're jumping out of the boxes and going to the next one, we are getting closer to, albeit this may be very slow process, but we will get closer to understanding why we're here um i think also i do think there is value in the concept of making your own purpose um maybe there's maybe there's no inherent purpose that we have as a species um but maybe because of our own sapience and intelligence we have the capacity to provide ourselves with our own purpose um so i think that's again what I'm, uh, what we're all in this community trying to suggest is that outer space exploration and expansion is that purpose, whether that has been, I think to add another layer onto that is to say, well, God has, or some kind of destiny uh, concept says that, well, we, we are destined to go to the stars. And sometimes I do, I like that idea. You know, I do. It's a great idea. Um, I think it's got a lot of power behind it. And even the idea that God wants us to go to the stars to 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 come closer to God, to get, you know, to go up to the stars to physically, but also intellectually become closer to whatever is the ultimate reality. Um, I think those, again, are very powerful things. But do you, what do you think that we, what is your belief in terms of those three? So you've got, we have no purpose inherently, but we're making our own purpose. Um, maybe believing some kind of destiny, some like predestined, you know, we are predestined to go there. Or are you more kind of in the more theological realm of God wants us to explore space um, and has provided us with the intelligence, the evolution that we've come to, the 
the skills, the ideas to get us there? What, where do you sit on in those three? Or maybe you're in another school that I've not <laughs> thought about. <laughs> I'm sort of horizontally in all these schools. All of them. Because uh, <laughs> uh, giving a precise answer to that, I think, means uh, adopting a particular definition okay. of uh, who is answering the question. Yeah. So uh, if I think of myself as just a physical system, a biological physical system who is alive, then going back to what we we're discussing, I think that uh, my purpose mandated by the way uh, nature works is to expand life and consciousness as far as possible. Because I think uh, this is uh, our uh, ultimate destiny. Mm -hmm. This is what we are here for. Yeah. Uh, if I think of myself like me, I mean, I have uh, many other uh, purposes, of course, like, uh, you know, eating the wonderful dinner that I think my wife is preparing for me. That's why, unfortunately, I have to leave in about uh, 10 minutes. Yeah. But this is most certainly a purpose. I have uh, uh, many practical purposes in my life, and so does everyone. Yeah. And uh, in some sense, yes, we do make our own purpose and our own meaning. Uh, but you know, if I now forget about... Uh, the practical reality of my condition and life and go back to the more uh, philosophical considerations, then I would uh, restart with some philosophical statements about the purpose of the universe and so on. You know, all these things uh, are all in my mind at the same time. And I think they are all uh, in yours. You are also thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner tonight, besides uh, cosmology and eschatology. <laughs> so that uh, you know, it's perfectly fine. You don't have uh, one doesn't have to have only one purpose in life. There is uh, uh, some uh, aspect of you has some purposes, and another one has others. And uh, you know, the good thing is uh, doing something to get uh, closer to all these things. Yeah, and I think I think just uh, as a final kind of point before you have to go, um, I think that ties in really with kind of the purpose of why I do what I do, why you are doing what you're doing, and why the cosmists, uh, Russian cosmists from hundred or so years ago, did what they did. It's and and even people from thousands of years ago, the philosophers of Greece and and um, and such, is that they, I think all of us in who who are part of, of, of this kind of space philosophy community, we all have this kind of fundamental um, draw to the astronomical world, to outer space, and we all have this kind of um, 
fundamental principle really that that space number one is important and number two is filled with opportunity and is filled with um the the things that that we can use that we can discover to reach our potential as a species whether we believe in god or not whether we believe in destiny or not we do have a reality here we do have a limited um lifespan each of us um whether uh, of course that changes when we have resurrection but um if we think about our reality now um we do have these opportunities don't we to um expand and and help people to understand the possibilities in space and 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 i suppose that's one of my main purposes for what i do um i'm, I'm i presume you're something along the similar lines uh very much so yeah very very much so uh it, it is uh, you know making people see things that perhaps they might not see you know the thing is that uh both you and i had a relatively privileged life we uh were able to go to school because we had a family able to afford that we were able to spend a long many hours reading books yeah. and other people uh, you know uh, the majority of other people, a lot of other people, really don't have that luxury. They have to contend with uh, very practical and very unpleasant problems all the time. So they do not have all the time yes. to give to intellectual reflections like we have. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think our uh, duty to the majority of people mm, you know is uh, to make new ideas available to them in a way that are easy to understand and then again uh, we can go back to religion here because you know what is religion if you read the christian theology you find that there are a lot of incredibly sophisticated oh. intellectual arguments and you know splitting a hair in four and all that but uh, those were not directly given to the public but distilled in a very few in a very simple uh pills of wisdom that uh, they could offer people to make them believe, for example, in afterlife and in the importance of uh, being uh, good to your neighbors. Uh, these things, you know, I think this has uh, had a positive impact in history. You know, uh, nowadays uh, is uh, very politically correct to mm -hmm. emphasize the negative aspects of religion mm. and uh, of course i'm aware of that but i do prefer to emphasize to emphasize the positive aspects myself religion yeah. in a lot of happiness to a lot of people and that's something good yeah. and uh, you know i hope that uh, my ideas 
which are very abstract, eschatological, uh, imprecise, um, you know, all that you want. But I hope that uh, my ideas can give happiness to people and uh, I'm willing to do my best to present my ideas in a simple way that is also conducive to personal happiness on the one hand, and on the other hand, to working in reality to transform all these ideas into reality. And that's, for example, what we are doing with uh, uh, space exploration and the scientific development. Yeah. Well, that, that's, you know, a, a great way to, uh, to, to end our conversation. I really like that. And it's given me um, food for thought, definitely, and, and to keep going with what I'm doing. And, and um, sometimes I think people can just get, you can get distracted and sort of um, your motivation can kind of wane and sometimes, but you of have course. to kind of uh, come back and, and um, realise and remember really that, that what you are doing is, is helping the situation and is it is making a difference so um it's a great way to end it so i thank i thank you for uh, i'll let you <laughs> i'll let you go and have your your dinner now um but i thank you for joining me again and uh julio and i hope that in the future we can have more great conversations like this thank you very much for having me and here is hoping to do the same Brilliant. Thanks. And thanks everyone for listening as well. And I'll see you in the next episode of A Conversation with Comitam. Bye, everybody.